Hi, you're listening to Plug Into Grow, a food and urban agriculture podcast that helps raise awareness about local food and environmental issues in the region of Peel. The Plug Into Grow podcast is hosted by the Young Urban Growers, a group of youth leaders from the region of Peel who are empowering our communities to take action to build sustainable food systems. My name is Deanna, and I'm joined with Shazine from the Young Urban Growers. Today we're talking about food and climate. So Shazine, uh, why don't you take a minute to tell us about why food and climate is important to you and the Young Urban Growers? Food and climate is important to me because, personally speaking, I eat every day. That's how I survive. <laughs> um, I would need food to live for the rest of my life. And I am particularly worried about how food is going to be impacted by climate change and how different parts of the world, we get our foods from different parts of the world and um, and how certain weather events are going to affect the prices of food. And that's what's really concerning as a student. I think about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So recently, um, you had a chance to sit down with Britt McKee, the executive director from EcoSource and also a member of the Peel Food Action Council. Let's take a listen. Hi there. Um, we're to here today with EcoSource. My name is Shazine, and today we have uh, Britt McKee, who's the director of EcoSource. And we'll be talking about climate change and how that impacts food security and insecurity. Can you tell us a little bit about the Peel Food Action Council and your role there? Sure. So the Peel Food Action Council is a network of agencies um, across the region of Peel Mm -hmm. that are working to improve food security in Peel. Mm -hmm. Um, And we apply a food systems approach to the work that we do. So we have representation um, across sectors, across the food system. So we have some producers, we have um, the business sector represented, as well as the health sector and education sector, um, as well as community organizations like EcoSource at the table that are all working together to really strengthen uh, food security and address the food access issues that Peel residents face. And what do you think, in your opinion, are some of the biggest issues that this Peel residents face in when it comes to food? Sure, yes. Yeah. So the, the uh, Peel is really a rapidly changing community and its roots as a suburban community um, really mean that there's a lot of access issues for food just built into the design oh, of the okay. community. There's a lot of, in order to get around, you really have to rely on uh, car travel yeah, that's or true. buses and that's it true. makes it difficult to access food, um, healthy food options or other food options if you don't have access to a car. Right. Um, so for lower income families that can be a challenge. Right. Um, so uh, that's one of the, the fundamental issues. Also um, Peel, um, the percentage of low income families in Peel is increasing significantly. It's risen to just over 50%. Um, oh, wow. So that's an issue as well as mm-hmm. we know food security is really tied to income security as well. Right. So um, those two things at play um, are some of the most significant issues that residents are facing here. Okay, well, um, I, didn't, I actually didn't know that it's risen to 50% and that's a very high number. Yeah. Is that alarming to any of the policymakers that are dealing with this issue? 
Yeah, I think that people are really, uh, the reason why the Peel Food Action Council has come to be is because we're really seeing that this is, we need to take action on these issues and we need to bring representatives from across the food system together to really tackle these hard questions and figure out innovative solutions that we can apply together in order to address these really complex problems because we're dealing with food security, which is a really complex issue, issue yeah. um, and there's lots of things at play, so we need to put our heads together and, and sort it out. So I think there is more motivation by everyone really at the table to mm -hmm. figure this issue out. Why is it food important in, in your environmental uh, work and what are the ways that food and climate change affect each other? Mm, that's a really good question. So food for me, um, I see food as a great conversation starter. Mm. So eating and sharing a good meal is often a way to have conversations about bigger issues that we're facing in society. So It's a great that, icebreaker. It is a great icebreaker. So that's like a really good starting point mm -hmm. for having a lot of conversations around even bigger picture things like like climate change. But I also see food as being one of the things that on, is on the front lines of being impacted by climate change um, with you know the changing climate that we're experiencing. It's having a real impact on the agricultural sector and food availability in southwestern Ontario. So looking at how we can you know, uh, strengthen our local food system is key uh, in terms of climate resiliency. So mm -hmm. I think it's a really important issue to work on now, given what we're seeing with climate change. I also just think that food brings together a bunch of people it does, it um, does, yeah. that may not be motivated by tackling the issue of climate change, right, but they'll, likes to eat. <laughs> they'll come to the table because they, they want to have a good meal. Yeah. So um, it's a great way to have those conversations and to build community. And I think mobilizing community around food is a great, is a great way to lead to broader community improvements and change yeah, um, yeah. and using it as the catalysts for something more. So I see it as really intertwined with environmental action, right. um, but also so much more than that. It's about healthy living and community building and sharing of cultural diversity. It's really food can be a celebration of all those things. That is true. I mean, I think whenever I brought my friends who I, weren't, who I wasn't really acquainted with all too well, but I invited them over for dinner, and then we got so much closer after that. Uh, because we had really got good conversation and the walls were lift like the walls were broken and we were just together and like enjoying each other's company and it was through the f action of bringing them in and to have dinner at my place mm -hmm. so in that regard food really did play a role in bringing my friendships together yeah yeah mm -hmm. how have you seen conversations around food and climate change evolve over the years Hmm, that's interesting because I don't think that the idea of food and climate change were really linked um, many years ago. I mm -hmm. think that that's kind of a, a new thing. Yeah. Um, even though they're so, lo when you think about it logically, they're so connected that we rely on the environment to grow the food and any changes to the climate are obviously going to impact what we are able to grow, right, right. how productive our crops are, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. But I think it's relatively new to actually talk about those two things together. Um, but I think food security is really one of the most important things that we need to consider around climate change um, and our ability to feed ourselves as a society going right. forward. Right. And I think those links are being really clearly articulated now, whereas they weren't many years ago. So I think we're moving in the right direction, but I think we now are at this stage where we need to take action right, right. <laughs> and really strengthen the food system that we have right. um, so that we can be resilient. 
So do you think sustainability is important or resilience is important at this point? I think they're both important. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to choose. Uh, I think that they, they do mean slightly different things. So, um, or, or, or do they rely on a spectrum? Yeah, I think, they, I think they're really interconnected. And okay. We need to build resiliency into our sustainable food system in order for it to be sustainable. So mm -hmm. like we, we need to think about how we're going to plan for the current conditions um, that we're experiencing right now, right. but also how we need to adapt over time in order to maintain the sustainability of the food system we have, as we know that climate change is here and it's happening and that it's going to continue to affect us. So we need to have that lens on our planning around the sustainability of the food system in general. So yeah, I do see them as really, as really interconnected. Because I was posed that question before in class, and then I also had a very similar mm -hmm. thought where one can't really exist without the other. Because mm -hmm. in order to, for our time with food and with our time on the planet to be sustainable, we need to have to be resilient to the to the changes that are happening mm -hmm. um, at this moment, mm -hmm. and climate change being the biggest issue that we're going to face in the next fifty years. Yeah. Yeah. So, how? Has the Peel Food Charter impacted the community? I think at this stage, the Peel Food Charter has been a rallying point for stakeholders who are interested in addressing these food systems challenges that we're facing and coming together to, mm -hmm. to start that work. Part of the work of the Peel Food Action Council is really to implement the vision of the Peel Food Charter. So given that the council is very new and we're just getting started, we haven't really had much time to actually act on the uh, objectives of the Peel Food Charter yet. Right. Um, but it is, I think, the first step is always to get the right people at the table to have those really important conversations and move and move forward with some good initiatives. So we're at that stage right now of planning uh, what we are gonna do um, and the impact that we'd like to see on the food system as a result of our work. So I think the Peel Food Charter provides a really nice framework for people to think about food systems in Peel mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that didn't exist before and it right. kind of provides a lens that everybody can apply to food um, in this community. Right, right. Uh, and I th the reason we designed it the way we did based on lots of community engagement so that everyone could see themselves in it and that was really important. We wanted everyone to see their role in creating a sustainable food system um, and addressing food access issues. Right, and, right. Um, I think that that's what it also does, is it can be this um, uh, tool to inspire others to take action. I, I find that really beautiful. I know that sounds really cliche, but it's like <laughs> a hope to, to come up with a system that can be served for everybody. Yeah. Um, but on the note of the Peel Food Charter, um, how are you involved helping to shape that? And um, can you tell us what some of the goals are in specific? Mm -hmm. So the Peel Food Charter was a project of the Peel Poverty Reduction Strategy. So mm -hmm. there was the Food Security Task Force and it was one of the initiatives under the Food Security Task Force mandate to consult with the community to develop a Peel Food Charter. So there was extensive community consultation that we did. Um, we tried to reach all sectors, um, all players across the food system to get their input on what they'd like to see. And from that, a committee of us drafted the charter. 
gave it back to the community for feedback. So it was really an iterative process mm -hmm. that was informed by the community. It was supposed to be for the community. So that was why that consultation was so important. And some of the themes that emerged, it's structured actually around six main, main themes. And there's agriculture and economy is uh, one of them, education and awareness. Um, community engagement and decision-making. Um, there's also health and well-being mm -hmm. as the key kind of components of uh, a food-secure appeal. And there's different suggested areas of action under each of those that folks who are invested in food security in the region could decide to, to take on. It's um, how we were envisioning mobilizing people to sign on uh, to support the vision of the Charter was mm -hmm. to give them kind of an example action that they could do and the engagement opportunities are are very varied from uh, very intensive you know right. getting involved and in being a member of the Peel Food Action Council all the way to doing something in your day-to-day -day life that would impact food security like growing your own like food, food and yeah. herbs yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. how and what who are some of the stakeholders that you talked to interviewed got the feedback from like mm -hmm. were they diverse from students to to people who are who are 65 and above everyone in between yeah so our uh, the consultation um, we did consultation at community events so mm -hmm. um, uh, we would engage those who stopped by so a really um, wide demographic of folks who are interested in food issues mm -hmm. um, so all ages. Mm -hmm. uh, we also um, did specific outreach to local farmers, local producers to get their feedback mm -hmm. on uh, what we were proposing for the, the Peel Food Charter. We also uh, worked with the education sector to get their input, the health sector, folks on uh, Peel Public Health as well to get their feedback on it. We worked with food banks across the region, connecting with their clientele as well as their staff to get feedback on what should be reflected in the charter. So yeah, we had a wide demographic that we engaged with and it was really one of the things that we were really focused on was making sure that we engaged with everyone along the food system who had a, a role to play. So producers all the way to consumers, we wanted to make sure that we represented all of their feedback in right. the creation of the charter. That's yeah. great. <laughs> mm -hmm. There is a lot of information to wade through about what to eat, where to source our food, what to, what advice would you give to people who want to make informed choices surrounding their food? Hmm. Advice. So <laughs> yeah, that's, like, uh, that's such a yeah. term. It's, I'm sorry to make you feel uncomfortable. No, no, no. I think that like uh, I think we are bombarded with messages around so the much food that we eat, and yeah. I think it's a really challenging thing for people to feel empowered to, to make decisions. It can feel, it can immobilize you to a certain extent when you have that information overload. I think that I would just recommend that, that folks think about where their food comes from when they're in the grocery store, just to, to stand there and look around and, and see what's on the shelves and learn about what they're putting in their carts a little bit more, but to also be forgiving of themselves um, mm. that, you know, we're, we're working within a system that was given to us and that we're making choices that we can, the choices that we can. Um, so to not feel like you have to be perfect all the time. That, yeah. Um, that's <laughs> very difficult for me. Awareness yeah. builds over time and that, you know, we do vote with our dollar when we buy things, but yeah. that we 
we sometimes, you know, are limited in the choices that we can make because of our personal circumstances and that that's okay and that as, as long as we're learning about where our food come, came from and having that lens, I yeah. think that that's a really important thing. It's also important to have that open dialogue and to learn mm -hmm. from each other and educate one another about what mm -hmm. and where and how we get our food. Mm -hmm. I think that's also really important mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are impacted by food insecurity and climate change. What steps are the council taking to ensure marginalized people and the diversity of people are included in the council work? Yeah, um, that's a really important question because diversity is a really important thing for um, the council. We're trying to get a diversity of voices um, at the table in terms of representation across the food system mm -hmm. um, and also we're trying to have a diversity of backgrounds. Um, we have some resident members that are um, community members that provide their feedback from that perspective as well as some city staff that work at the region. Mm -hmm. So we have a full spectrum of folks but we're really working and over the because we're just new that's going to be a focus of the council's development over the next few years is really recruiting our membership so it's reflecting of all those in Peel that are invested in food security and yeah. interested in supporting the work of the council. Now, is there an application process to join the council or what? how is it going to be advertised? We're working through that right okay. now. Um, it's really early I, days for I'm us. I'm a little interested. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. Um, so I can bring that interest to you if you... Um, we're looking to... Um, right now we're going through a strategic planning process, so we're trying to figure out how to um, do things like that, how to structure ourselves, how to advertise opportunities for engagement, those kinds of things. So there's going to be some cool projects that we're going to be leading over the next couple of years yeah. um, that, that we'll definitely share with the community for folks to get involved. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're interested, I can definitely connect you with the council. That would be yeah. perfect, mm -hmm. and I can definitely share it around UTM if once the, yeah. once the ball mm -hmm. gets rolling. Yeah. What advice do you have for youth and community members? It's another advice question. Members who want to use food as a climate action tool. And is there anything else that you'd like to share and talk about that I haven't addressed? Mm. I think, I may sound like a broken record, but that food has the power to connect us all. So if you are using food as a, a tool for climate change advocacy or climate action, to always connect with that aspect of food, that mm -hmm. it is something mm -hmm. that that f carries a lot of meaning for folks because right. they they have memories of eating food with their family, the, their loved ones, memories of different cultural foods that they've had, uh, ideas about how to cook and grow different things and to use it as a conversation starter for, for bigger things um, like climate change. Um, right. But to always come back to that kind of community building function of food and really use that to, to talk about the bigger issues right. like climate change. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I actually I learned a lot today <laughs> and I'm I I'm going to be excited to learn more as I venture forward into this mm -hmm. topic, particularly because I like to cook and this like food and food insecurity is going to be a very big issue coming up in the next couple of years mm -hmm. and in certain places where there's drought or storms like if the fluctuation of how they get food is going to mm -hmm. it's going to be impacted as well. Mm -hmm. So I would really like to thank you for today, mm -hmm. and I had a, an amazing time listening to you, and I'm going to listen back to this podcast and be like, okay, this is what she said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really informative, yeah. so thank you. And thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah.
out soliciting. That was a really great conversation. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. What's something new that you learned or that you would take away kind of from this conversation to live a more sustainable life? Well, I was, I would call myself ignorant in the sense that I didn't know that how food insecurity is such a prevalent problem within the Mississauga community. And I didn't realize, but I kind of not surprised that due to the way our transportation system is built around Mississauga that I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised that people are having a hard time getting access to safe and healthy foods. So that's something, one thing I learned and to live a more sustainable lifestyle around food is I think also to be aware of where my food com comes from and to vote with my dollar and as cliche as that sounds but that's like the ultimate power that I have as an individual to make an impact in the larger scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah I really liked what Britt was saying about um, food has an interesting role because it is something that can bring people together and can build community but it's also something that you know, is at most at risk for being affected by climate change. Exactly, exactly. So it has kind of that dual purpose that is a, it makes it a really powerful tool. Right. And um, yeah. Because it's so personal mm -hmm. to it's all of us. It's very personal, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and I like the way that Britt talked about how in the Peel Food Charter, it's designed so that everyone can see themselves in it. And um, there's action pieces that people can take. Exactly. Um, kind of based on anyone's situation. So thank you so much to Zeke for joining us and to Britt as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing this conversation with us. Um, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you want to learn more about Britt McKee, you can check out the Peel Food Action Council online as well as at ecosource.ca. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Urban Growers from Ecosource an environmental education nonprofit based in Mississauga, Ontario. The Plug Into Grow podcast is generously supported by the Ontario Trillium Foundation and Talus Friendly Futures Foundation. Visit ecosource.ca to learn more and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Ecosource Green. Now go plant a seed in your community. <laughs>